Welcome to Out of Game, a podcast featuring unique segments and discussions about board games, card games, RPGs, gamers, and gamer culture. Here are your hosts, Ryan, Chris, and Tim, as they go out of game. Welcome to episode 38. 38. Of Out of Game. This is Ryan. This is Chris. This is Tim. And we're a podcast about board games. So for this episode, we are going to be talking about BGGCon 2017. That's right. The reason is that two-thirds of us went. As opposed to one-thirds last year. Yeah. yeah. So since we reached majority, it's a requirement that we discuss it on the podcast. So that's what we're going to do. Tim is going to contribute all he can. I'm just going to you know make smart-out comments where appropriate. Yeah. Which you usually do anyways. Well, yeah, exactly. It's nothing so, new. Yeah, it's too many, just like our other episodes. But before we talk about BGGCon, let's jump into our spawn point. Spawn point. So I know it's been a while since we've posted an episode. It has. Oh, we should introduce, <laughs> we should introduce the concept. So does play, it, like, can you play like the in, It's Been a While song? No, so... Uh, Everybody's watched Seinfeld, right? I mean, pretty much. Pretty much everybody's watched it. Yeah. So there was the one episode where Elaine had her foot stepped on by this guy with a cane. It was actually his cane pressed into her foot. She screamed out in pain, and he looked at her, and he just said, sorry. <laughs> kind, of, kind of like that. <laughs> so we have a segment called Sorry, where we're going to apologize for things. Yeah. And Ryan is leading off with a really good one. Yeah, so... You know, it's been a while since we posted. We can make excuses about the holidays or, you know, about going to BGGCon or having normal lives and being busy. But instead, we just want to say one thing to our listeners, and that is... Sorry. And I would like to say... Sorry. For doubting that BGGCon would be fun. Actually, you know what, Ryan? You should do, you should do one for forgetting to tell the prophet... That we were going to Werewolf that one night. <laughs> yes. Prophet, this one's for you. Sorry. What else? Any, any other apologies? I don't know. Was I supposed to come up with an apology? Yeah, right on the spot. Go. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I didn't have any Dr. Pepper at the last gaming session. Oh. Ooh. That was... You needed That's to say sorry one. for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's there now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's actually something I need to say sorry to Tim for. Uh-oh. That one game we were playing, a Battlestar Galactica, when I thought you were the Cylon, and when this you, like when you, you were left, te- texting I texted, I texted Ryan <laughs> that you were the Cylon and you weren't there, and then you weren't. So for that, sorry. Yeah, and then also for just for texting during the game, <laughs> I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> no, that's bad. That's bad. Sorry. Anything else we want to say to our listeners? We're not doing the New Year's resolution episode yet, but. I will be offering a sorry for that. Oh, interesting. I don't even know what that one's for. Do you remember our news resolution? No. Yeah. We'll talk about that next time. Okay. All right. So we hope you accept our apologies. Yes. Tim, what you got for us? Actually, um, Jeremy is becoming more interested in games. Jeremy is Tim's son. Yes. Oh. He's now five and a half. He'll be six in February. So he's coming up actually almost six. And he is requesting to play Uno and Trouble and um, Go Fish. Almost daily now, so he's kind of getting into it. And every time Sam requests to flick him up and we break it out, he's there to trying to flick it around and do stuff. I still got to get Sam to play an actual game of flick him up, <laughs> rather than just you know setting up all six guys and shooting them down because uh, you got to play with the blue guy and the pink guy. 
She's yep. got to have pinky. If we don't play with pinky, it's not a game of flick them up. Gotcha. So we're still just shooting guys down. And but yeah, so uh, more 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 interest in the kids doing the board games. Well, I might have to get that Gollum Century Edition because I think that might be a good thing for Sam right now. I think she's at the age she could do it. Yeah, she's. They're doing the matching. You know, they got this one tile matching game too, and they're they are they both do it all the time. And Jeremy's memory is actually getting better. He's actually doing a lot better in it as opposed to you know Sam getting. 30 and him getting five it's now you know pretty close he's getting like you know 15 to her you know 25 so well if you want to forever destroy their interest in gaming you should just play at your normal skill level when you start playing <clears throat> the strategy games yeah i don't quite want to <laughs> do that yeah it's better with luck games because then it's just luck but there is still some things like with the trouble you need a six to like get your guy out of home and every time they pop a six, I try to get them to bring a new guy out, no matter what they're doing with the other guy, and they just don't want to do it. Mm. So they get that guy all the way around, and then they're sitting there popping ten times in a row trying to get a six. Wow, that's an example of masterful game design right there. I know, isn't it? It's yeah. genius. It's good stuff. But it is minions trouble, so, you know. Oh. Does the bubble thing look like a minion head? Uh, no. No. Well, Still clear plastic. Missed opportunity. <laughs> I figure like it'd be like yellow with the eyeballs and yeah, but there is a minion token that you can get. So if you pop it and there's like two things on the die, if it, one of them's like you know number six and there's a minion, you get the minion. And then when someone jumps on you, you can't get bounced. Oh. So it's like protection. So if you have the minion, you're protected from being oh, wow. sent home. Probably took him a year to think of that. I know. That's like <laughs> the major upgrade. It's good stuff. It was in the expansion. Yeah. Have you heard of catacombs? Um, Speaking of flicking games. No, I don't know. So if your kids are at all interested in like dungeon crawl type stuff. Oh, I think I could get them there. Yeah. So there's a, it's a dungeon crawl flicking game that I heard is really fun. Is this like currently in publish? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I think so. You're flicking your way around the dungeon and then there's animals you have to flick to like do the fighting and the mobs. And if you have like a bow and arrow, you're... You, you have the bow, and then you flick little pellets for the arrows. I heard it's a good thing. It's oh. a good time. I think they would go for that. Yeah. I always hear it in the same sentence as flick them up. They're okay. Like, I'll, kind have of look, I'll have to look into that. The same level. Well, I'll, I wanted to actually just talk about a game that I got recently uh, from the Naturalist Games, who I've reviewed a couple of their games before in the Ryan Reviews segment. Tell me if this sounds fun to you, okay? Imagine you control a magical creature in like a fantasy realm. Okay. And there's... You have each of you has a lair, and then there's this mountain that you want to control. It's like everyone wants to live in the mountain. They want to own, they want to be lord of the mountain. What happens if I'm an elf? I want to be in the forest. No, you want to be in the mountain. Okay. You're, you mean you're, like king of the mountain? You want to own the mountain. Okay. There's like a, the mountain is like, like the Taj Mahal of the land, and you want to own it. You want it to be yours. So in order to do that, you have to build your lair. So every turn you, you're, you're drafting tiles, you're bidding on tiles to build your own lair, and you're building, you're kind of like tunneling towards the mountain. The first player to get to the mountain gets control of the mountain, and then they also get a tile called the Legacy, which gives them like a special power. And then the game changes, where now you own the mountain, and you're trying to defend it, and everyone else is going through your layer you created to try to defeat you. So every, every time they come into a tile, there's an encounter that you draw, and you're like, it's like one versus many. So you're fighting them and you have the special power that you got from the mountain plus some other stuff. And then when they get to the mountain, there's like a, like an epic final encounter, which was the legacy that you drew. And then if they defeat that, they defeat you. So it's like, it kind of has this feel of um, Betrayal of House on the Hill, where you're like all like doing something at the beginning. And then there's this point in the middle of the game where one person kind of turns, like everyone turns on one person or vice versa. And then you're like fighting each other. Hmm. 
it sounds like a really unique and interesting game, and it was on Kickstarter last week. So, so just tell me if you think that sounds interesting. Sounds interesting. It does yeah. sound interesting. Yeah. The guy who does the art, his name is Patrick Roach. And if you go to our Twitter, I actually posted a picture of all the different characters, but I really like his art style. And the whole game is kind of designed with that aesthetic. So yeah, I'm pretty excited to try that one out. Bump the magic number up, though. Yes, one up to like- nine. It's uh, almost back into double, double digits. digits still. Okay. Yeah. After BGGCon, still. I'm surprised. Digits. Yeah. Yeah. So Gloomhaven came in. That brought it up. Anyways, it's it's not, it's going the wrong direction, but I think you can get it back down to six pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, but we are. Yeah, and I'm not going to make it by the end of the year. Okay, okay. <laughs> he's, he's admitting defeat. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's it. Spawn point over. The end. Should we move on? Got I think we should move on. Yeah, I <laughs> think so. I think it's a great idea. Well, I think it's time to announce the winner of our contest. Yeah! So, as you recall, Kenny Owens, a listener of the show who won our last contest, kind of offered to offer up a game to our listeners as a contest kind of uh you know uh what's the word stand up it's a stand up move it pay is a forward. move yeah pay it forward. Pay it forward yeah so and he kind of did this on behalf of amazon.com so i misspoke last time i thought he worked for amazon toys and games he works for amazon i think he's trying to get in with amazon toys and games uh-huh. so maybe one day we'll be sponsored by amazon which would be crazy that would be awesome so anyway the game that he had offered up was I'm going to try this one more time. Tajmiski Domastowo, which is the Polish version of Mysterium. So, and by the way, the ambassador wrote us oh. because I horribly mispronounced this last time. Mm. And, you know, as you remember, Ben, he's the ambassador, the ambassador to of Europe for us. Kind of help us out, you know, with our European listeners. And he sent me the correct pronunciation of this game, which I'm going to play for you now. That's the game that Kenny has offered to give away. Nice. We just want to say thank you. Oh, where do we stand with Chris the has something to say. Oh, we're going to announce a winner right now. Yeah, I'm eager. Yeah, so uh, we had two people enter <laughs> the contest, and I think this is my fault because we did the contest on the Slack group, and I think it was just too much of a learning curve for people. So you have a 50-50 chance. So how are we resolving this 50-50? I brought a coin. Yeah. Right there. We're going to flip it onto the table. So heads will be for Lou Farenwald, and tails will be for Trey Lacaze. Here we go. Drum Here we go. Flipping it. That was not a sound effect. That is a Tales. Trey Lacaze, congratulations. You've won a copy of... And we hope you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Kenny Owens and for Amazon. And we hope to have more games offered up from yeah. Amazon to our listeners. Yeah, next future. contest, we'll do it a different way. Yeah, it'll be, easier. it'll be a lot easier to join the next one. And, you know, I just want to say, Lou, you just got some bad luck, buddy. It was a 50-50 chance, and you still didn't win. That's okay. I'd, I'd be with Lou. I'd, yeah. I'd be on the same side. It was a 50-50 chance I'd be on the losing yeah. side. I feel bad for Lou, kind of. He was probably all excited like a minute ago. Sorry, Lou. Maybe next time. Tim, did you have a rant? I, don't, I never got an answer. Oh, that. yeah. I mean, I, I could do one. Oh. Let's do some random. Random random. This is truly random. Random. Oh. He's not prepared. <laughs> this is like on the fly. Well, you just, yeah, no. Let's do it. We're looking at you. All right. Bam. I got a lot of problem with these games. 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 Games.
Well, this is kind of a homage to Dave, who games with us, because he brought this up at Gen Con, and I wanted to talk about it, and he's just so right. This is the 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 sheriff that comes with the Sheriff of Nottingham. Okay. It's a nice little piece. It looks good. It's supposed to mark the first player token. But as Dave pointed out, it doesn't stand up for anything. And then he proceeded to show me that the groove cut into the character and then the groove cut into the base that's supposed to hold him, they're not exactly the same size, so they don't match up nicely. So even when you put that there, it's still wobbly and still falls apart. So... What's with the crappy component? Give a plastic base so it'll actually stand. You know, the, the, the sheriff is actually pretty cool looking. Give him a nice plastic stand. It probably wouldn't be that much more money. And make it nice. We're, we're in the days of the gaming community where we expect nice components. 10, 15 years ago, it's like kind of like when we were younger, Pong. And you have to play Pong. That was what you got to do. Now there's PS4, Xbox One S and stuff. We shouldn't have these cardboard two-piece together, you know, take your fingers, try to scissor them together. And it just doesn't work. <laughs> Let's get, you know, they, they've got plastic bases. How much could they possibly be? Yeah. That was a great visual. Yeah, you missed the visual. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the scissor action. So, you know, let's, in, in, in the real world of gaming coming, you know, 2017, ending 2018, starting out, let's keep the components up at the level of the gaming environment, not back in the days of Pong. Don't be a Pong. Agreed. Yeah, you know, I, I'm with you on that. The Sheriff of Nottingham thing. Because I have this game, you know, we play this game. It always falls down. Yeah, it doesn't it, stay. It, it doesn't stay together exactly for those reasons. You almost need just a wheelbarrow that you could put him in instead, because then he just kind of lays there, and you could just push the wheelbarrow around right. each other. Yeah. This is the one good idea that Dave's ever offered to us. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hate that because he feels he deserves more credit on our show. Yeah, Dave. Dave incorrectly believes that he is giving us content for the show. Sorry, Dave. I know you're jogging right now, but just get over yourself. <laughs> he was one of the first champions of X-Wing saying, Tim, why don't we play X-Wing more? This is true. He was. So he says. <laughs> no, he, he, he did actually bring it up many times. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. I'm not buying it, Dave. You can brainwash them, but you can't get me. <laughs> Of a stronger intelligence and wisdom combination. Well, that's that. a D&D reference? <laughs> I'm not sure. It would have to be because there's no wisdom in GURPS, the better system of the two. Yeah. Ooh, there's no wisdom in GURPS. That. I'm going to quote Shots that. Have been fired. Tim Antonisi, there's no wisdom in GURPS. <laughs> quote, unquote. <laughs> oh, man. That's going on the webpage. Wow. <laughs> All right. Time to move on to our table talk. Table talk. You're listening to Out of Game, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. No, really. They aren't pretending anymore. For other legitimate Dice Tower Network podcasts, go to Dicetowernetwork.com. All right, got some windy... Yeah, it's whipping out there. There's some really windy winds. Windy tonight. Oh, yeah. Let's hear about it, weather nerd. Well, (laughs) there will be uh, sustained winds of 50 miles an hour plus. Wow. Overnight, thunderstorms. And then the temperatures will drop like a bucket, and we will be in the 30s, and we will not see warm weather for the next three months, probably. What constitutes sustained winds? Uh, as opposed to a gust. So a gust would be, you're sitting there, there's really nothing going on, maybe a leaf blowing somewhere, and all of a sudden, some wind hits you. That would be a gust. It's like if someone sneezes. Yeah. Sustained winds would be something more consistent. Ah, like consistent, like the wind has to blow for how long? Per minute. I don't know. Oh. Now you're you're over my head now. Okay. I guess those are... The- it's, it's better than a gust. <laughs> a gu- gusts are overrated. So there's a wind gust of 40 miles an hour. Who cares? But if it's sustained, you got yourself a problem. Speaking of the weather, how's your eye? My eye is completely healed. Whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Nice. Good. You All can better. see our faces again, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Not blurry anymore. It's yeah. not blurry anymore. That wasn't really a weather thing, though. That was that was the environment related. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. So um, the eye is fine. Happy to report. That's good. Yeah. Good job, eye. Eyes apparently they can heal pretty well, well I, from what I heard. Yeah. And from what I experienced. Well, as long as they don't get damaged too much, there is a point of no return. True. I mean, I didn't tell you this, but I thought you were screwed. Did you? Yeah. Some yeah. Fun. I was scared. <laughs> it was more the, the pain factor. That's that's. What I know. Like, I, it was uh, scary. It was yeah. scary for sure. But I also that scratch cornea, which you you had that too. Yes. You you had yours from a walnut or something. Yeah. Though, someone right? threw a walnut at me. In yeah. The mine was self-inflicted. <laughs> I thought I had a contact lens in, and oh, I didn't, God. and I kept trying to take it I out. I can't hear the story. I know. It was it was stupid, and um, I got really impatient, and I was digging around there with my <laughs> fingers, and I scratched my cornea really bad, and it was it – was, I can't even explain it, how yeah. bad it was. You would have to experience this to understand it. Oh, I can understand. So in my – might as well tell the walnut story real quick. So I was with my friends at a – we had like a campfire, and we were having like a marshmallow fight which escalated to hitting marshmallows with a baseball bat, which escalated to hitting walnuts with a baseball bat, which escalated to just full-on throwing walnuts at each other in the dark. And some someone just, like, whipped a line-drive walnut at me straight into my open eyeball. Oh. <laughs> so, That's cringeworthy. Yeah. So I had to wear sunglasses in the house for three days. Oh, my God. And I had to put, they had to put one of those drops in my eyes so my like, pupil couldn't close or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Ryan's wow. heart races anytime he sees a walnut. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember the sound of it coming, and I'm just like looking like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what were we doing? Oh, we were chucking walnuts. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it hurt. That guy had a minus nine to his roll when he threw it. <laughs> <laughs> He's still here. <laughs> it's true. Especially with the dark, you know? Yeah. This is a critical success. It was. Yeah. It was a critical yeah. success. All right. So BGG Con. What are we going to talk about? What we decided to do, since for Gen Con every year we do the best and worst, we thought we'd mix it up and instead give some categories. So I came up with some categories, and we're just going to kind of talk in general about some other things we noticed. Um about BGG Con, and then Tim is just going to kind of pee the peanut gallery over here. Yeah. uh, Yeah, just a couple words about BGG Con. So I've never gone, and Ryan has gone how many times? This was my fourth time. Fourth time. So he's sort of a pro at this. I've... You know, I, I went on a recommendation and somebody couldn't make it, so I took their ticket and ended up being a really good time. Very interesting for me because I'm not the hyper gamer like Ryan is, and everybody there pretty much was, so it was very interesting. Yeah, I had to talk Chris into coming. I had to use a silver tongue. He did. He almost bailed on me. I had to pull <laughs> him back in. <laughs> that is true. Well, why don't we start with some of the categories that we came up with, and then uh, we'll kind of go from there. So... I wanted to just go right out the gate and say, what is the best game that we played at BGG Con? So for me, it was Clash of Cultures. Okay. And it's a game I've never played. And I actually don't like the name of it because it reminds me so much of Civilization, the computer game. It's, there's a lot of games like Civilization, but this one is the most like it that I've seen or read. And Clash of Cultures really doesn't do it justice. You're truly growing a civilization from nothing. You're first settler, you know, you're exploring... You're choosing your technology stack, and you're going in your direction. You have a lot of control over what you're doing in this game, high DAR factor. And the interaction with the other players is, is very fair. The way combat is resolved, you can sort of see a fight coming sometimes before it happens. 
where there's not a lot of screw factor in the game. I don't think there's dice, is there? I'm trying to remember. Now. Yeah, there was dice. Was there? Okay. Because I was rolling. Remember, I was rolling dice. Oh, was right. For the or... conversion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it's it's all very fair. I loved the game. We played, it was like till two or three in the morning. We were up really late playing this game and we were not wanting to quit. Yeah. We were having so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a great game. So I also have this as the best game I played there. So this was a magic number game that has been sitting on my shelf longer than any other game. Wow. And I mean, part of that is it was kind of a steep learning curve. And Jason had played the game. So Jason taught us the game, which was great because I had to read the rule book. Uh, And it was kind of a hefty rule set. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tim, you just have to imagine like a board the size of like a, not this iPad, but like a normal iPad with just like, there had to be like 50 texts on, on that board yeah. at least. And you can just choose which text you want to do. So it's, you start out exactly the same, okay. but then based on the text you choose, your culture becomes way different than everyone yeah, else. Like for example, Ryan went with heavy religion. Yeah. He had like a religion sort of culture. Mine was very sciencey. I built a lot of libraries and academies and Jason went war. Like yeah. he, he went all military. And so three very different yeah. directions. And there's probably more than that. Oh, yeah. That you could even choose. So the cult, the Scientologists, and then just the, <laughs> the uh, warmongers. warmongers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting because the game was still very close. Yes. So Jason came out strong early. And he wiped me out. To, I was literally down to one tile on the board with like one guy. And I thought I was completely out of the game. But then there was really no reason for him to keep attacking me. Because he wouldn't really gain anything from it, so he he kind of well he he came after me and yeah, he took my wonder. Chris, yeah. So I built a wonder, which is very hard to do in this game. Yeah. I built it relatively early too because I was my science was so powerful, and that just became a bullseye for Jason to invade me, right? Because I had the city with a wonder in it, which has had all these abilities and point game points and everything. So he started coming at me with his military. Ryan started growing. By the end of the game, Ryan. Had this ability with with the religion, <laughs> he could he could target your cities and convert them to yeah. his civilization. So your little buildings would change color to his. Wow. So, for example, if I had an academy, that academy is producing stuff for me. It would change to Ryan's color. It's still produced for me, but he would get the game points. It's like I subverted the. All of a sudden, everyone we, we, there. They, that <laughs> yeah, passing they, out Kool Aid. Yeah, yeah. passing out Kool Aid. Yeah, and it was great because if you did like a time lapse of the board, I I think I converted every single building that wasn't mine to my color by the end of the game, and it was like a wonder was worth five points. And every time I converted a building, it was like a two-point swing in my favor. And I was doing it to Chris because Chris was kind of winning against Jason. So I was going after Chris to try to get point swings against Chris. So I converted like three of his buildings in one turn. And Chris is like, that's like a wonder. It was like worth more points to me yeah. than his wonder. Yeah. But I just was ran, totally back in the game. Yeah. But I ran out of stuff to convert. But it was so much fun doing that. <laughs> because everything. Yeah. I was just every turn. And I, and I had this crazy. I, I went down the entire theology tech tree. So I had like every theology thing you could. Oh, my God. So it was like there was synergy. a synergy between the, the things on my board. So. Every time I converted, I would get the tokens that I needed to convert. So I just kept recycling those tokens and using them to help me convert stuff. So it was a great yeah. game, though. I recommend for this game. Yeah, the downside. How many to play? Uh, four to five. I wouldn't do it with five. Yeah, though. it's one of those games that probably doesn't scale well. I would I mean, actually stay with three. I yeah. don't think I'd go more. Three, than three was good, and it's a long game. Yeah, but that's not a bad thing if you're if you're up yeah. for never it. a bad. Yeah, long games are not bad as long as you're having fun. Well, it might be too long for our game night though. Everything's too long for our game night. 
Well, I mean the the, the amount of time we have in our game night. Oh, okay. Because well, it it took us, I think, four to five hours. Yeah, I mean, we could, you could play it, you but that play. that would be the only thing you play. Yeah, probably. you basically commit. To it would be worth it, and actually, I would play it again. Yeah, it'd be nice to play it soon before we forget yeah, the rules because I don't want to have to relearn the the yeah. rules. Yeah. So we had the best game category the same. Yeah, and Crazy. I think I would I would venture to say that Jason would agree too because he was saying yeah. how much fun it was. This was the third. I think the third time he had played it, and he said it was so much different than every other time he had played before. So yeah. you could see this game has it in it to be different every time, right? Which makes it, you know, completely replayable. So do you think you have to go down one of those paths to the extreme like you guys did? I mean, you guys no. pretty much silent. No, you no, you, you could you, you could do a couple and be th- okay at them. Yeah, do you think yeah. that would be sure. as competitive? Yep. Because with the synergy, would you lose some of that synergy? By no, because doing- because even with what I was doing, I was still tapping into some of the other stuff too. But you, I don't think you you can just be one thing. You have to be a couple different things a little bit. It's a little bit like what's a good example? Like in Magic, how you could be like black and red. But you could also be just black or just red. But yeah. you'd be black and red is a little more powerful because you get both. Gotcha. Same thing with this game. Okay. You know? Okay. There were one thing to answer your question. There were four kind of tracks at the bottom of the tech board. But keep in mind, this is only a fourth of the board. Yeah. And in those, if you picked one, you weren't allowed to take things in the other. So I picked theology as like my government type. So I couldn't do the other ones. Yeah. That's the only thing that it was restricted. Yeah, that was but, the only restriction. But that's so okay. far down the line of yeah. the game. Yeah, but Chris had some some synergy too, and he didn't even go deep into one of those. Did you? You didn't go deep into one of the four government types. No, I, I was just very science heavy. Like yeah. I was getting a lot. I had almost the whole technology board filled yeah. because I was just very into science and technology and growing. You were generating. Way. There's some token. Yeah, the I light, can't even remember. The light, I think they were called, and you were using that to pay for everything. It was like this. It was like a wild. You could use it for as any resource, and Chris figured out a way to like generate tons of those. Yeah, I did have a combo in there that was pretty good. That was uh, it was really fun. Clash of Cultures. We should. Uh, it's definitely staying in the collection. It yeah, was, nice. Great it was, game. It was great. Okay, now uh, let's uh, let's flip the, the other side of the coin game. for a minute here. Uh oh. I want what to hear a, yours first. What was the worst game? So I have a feeling we have the same one. I, I have a feeling we do too. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> sorry, Mr. Bonacore, Stronghold Games. I love all your games usually. I don't know what happened here, but Flea from Stronghold Games. Is this Flea as an F L E E? Yeah. Yes. Do, are, am I right? Do yeah. we have the same game? Yeah. Quick background. So, those of you listening, there's the Fast Forward series, which are these fable games that they release. It's the designer of Power Grid. It's a very well known designer, very good designer. Freeman Freeze. Uh, this was one of the three games. It's a cooperative game and not so good. So go ahead, Chris. Yeah, so the, the whole point of this game is there's no rules. You learn as you go. So you start flipping these cards over and the cards sort of tell you what to do. It's almost impossible to describe yeah, how this it's works. It's almost like a tutorial. It's like yeah, you're but, playing through a tutorial, okay, okay. but you're learning the whole game and it is the game. It's not just the tutorial. Yeah, you're, you're learning as you go and you're playing and... Which I like that idea, actually. Yeah, and the concept is you're fleeing from a monster that's in the deck. Okay. And you're trying not to have the turn end with the monster on the person's turn whose turn it is, the monster card. And so you're, you're constantly moving it. You're trying to use other cards to shift this monster around, a little game of hot potato. But the, the problem with the game is it's, it's very linear. Yeah. What happens is when you fail, you shuffle the deck, Back or you stack it exactly in the same order, and you start again because the cards Cards are are in numbered order. You know because it comes out like a story. Okay, and then you try it again, and you try a different combo to try to get you get a couple steps further before you die. You die. Then you try it again. 
get a couple steps further, rinse and repeat. And eventually when you have to restart it, you, you, you have to go like way back. Right. And it's pretty frustrating. It's like a linear video game where you have to do X to get past, you know, whatever uh, spawn point. Then you need to do Y to get past the next one. And those are the only ways to get past. Honestly, it's like if you took the worst thing about time stories and distilled it down into a card game where there is only one path to victory. Uh, yeah, that's flea. It's like if you don't do it in the exact right order, you have to re- yeah. recycle everything and it's start. Very over. Frustrating. And and to the flea's credit, there may be more than one path. But in the beginning of it, as far as we got, we played for maybe forty five minutes, sixty minutes or so. Yeah, there there wasn't more than one at that point. Yeah, and we had to. What we started doing was when we got to a decision point where it basically came down to. We made an assumption about the card that was face down, and if we were right about it, we could continue. And if we were wrong, we had to reset. So we yeah. would just take a picture. I don't remember what we were yeah. doing. We would we would take a picture of that spot, okay? Because the cards were numbered, right? And then if we were wrong, we would just reset and see if we could, you know, yeah. Do we something were different. creating our own spawn points, yeah. By just that's a great a term for it. It. Yeah. it needed. That's what it needed. It, it needed, needed spawn points, yeah. yeah. So here's what I heard. So there's three chapters in this game, and we we played until we finished chapter one. And that's like the official spawn point, I guess. But what I heard is once you go past that point into chapter two, if you mess up and die, you shuffle all of the cards, including the ones all the way up to chapter one, you shuffle them and start over. So now it's not even like... See, that actually sounds more fun to me, though, because okay. it's not linear anymore. But I am I would be worried that it actually wouldn't even work because it was so hard to well, get yeah. it, get the right combination well, that you right. needed. Yeah. I'd be worried that it would break. Well, it wouldn't break because you just reshuffle and do it again. So you would just keep doing it until, until you, you get it. Until you, but yeah, it's random, completely random. It's almost like playing um, Solitaire. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like. It was a co-op solitaire game. Solitaire with... Solitaire, like the actual... Yeah, where you're trying to get the cards in the right order, and then if you don't draw correctly or put it in the right column, it won't work. That's what it felt like. Yeah. So this is like another Grizzled. You're never going to win. Kind of, yeah. Actually, Grizzled... (laughs) Grizzled was better. I actually agree. Grizzled was better, but Grizzled has the same problem. Yeah. Where if you don't get the exact perfect draw, then you're you're screwed. That's why I didn't like it. I heard the expansion fixes that, but... So, yeah... Flea, I don't think I've watched one other review on it and they kind of were the same opinion of us. Like it was okay. I, like, I don't even think it was really okay, but they were like, I would never want to play it again. Like that's a bad sign. Yeah. So anyway, if you're going to get a fable game, don't pick this one, pick fabled fruit. That's the one I have. And actually the other two games in the series look completely different than this and way better fear and fortress. So I would try those. I think those are getting good reviews and probably winners. Moving on, moving on. Best experience. Yeah. So for me, it was the game library. Yeah. So I've never seen it before. It's fabled. You know, I've heard stories and there's a legend going around the gaming library. It's massive. And it was amazing how many games were in there. I mean, I I don't know a whole lot, you know, compared to most of the people there. But I would just pick like obscure games in my head and look and I would see that game there. It was so smooth, too. You just go, you check it out, just like a library. They, they scan your badge, then scan the game, and you're good to go. You bring it back. Yeah. You know, bada-bing. It's all... Somebody inventorying those when you turn them back in? Yeah. It's all in a system. Yeah, oh, you they, mean the parts? Well, yeah, because, you know... Well, what happens so. is when people are playing them, if they're missing parts, then they just tell them, and then they put it in this, like, reject shelf, 
and then they try to either find parts for it to you know proxy in parts or it just becomes unplayable yeah so they don't like go after the person who checked it out last to say no no there's a there's the honor system yeah okay very heavy honor system yeah i accidentally checked a game out for over 20 hours (laughs) there's supposed to be an eight hour but but it's they're very you know they're adult about it yeah but yeah the the game library was very cool in fact i should point out I would often look for Cyclades there. That was the one game <laughs> I never saw in the game library. It was always checked out. And I know they had it because we ended up playing it late in the time there. But it was always checked out because people are smart. This game is so good. <laughs> yep. It couldn't stay on the shelf. The downside, though, was it was like this pre-production version of it. So it didn't have all the plastic pieces. What? It was like they got it. Like there was a note in there that said, we sent you this early as like a review copy. So... There's like meeple wooden meeples in there instead of all the plastic stuff, and it took us a while to just figure it. We're like, this looks weird. And so, then, is there only one copy of that? I think there was only one copy in there. Yeah, and the map was was all off too. And Ross said that when he got Cyclades, it specifically said in there, "Get rid of the original map oh. if you have it, because it's obsolete." The yeah. one we played is they don't even use that map. Wow. They use Titans, right? The one from Titans. Yeah. yeah. The one from Titans is way better. So the original one, it's like everyone's on an island. It's and, all water. Yeah. And we right. were confused because we're so used to playing on the Titans board. Yeah, which is mostly land. But yeah, this right, one is right. like all yeah. water. Back to the game library. They even changed something this year to make it even more efficient where, first of all, it's like this long room. So you go in one door. You check in whatever game you have. You, you they they scan it. You check it in. You 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 go return it on the shelf. The shelves are labeled by by letter. And then there's another door at the other end for checkout. So you're just like in, get okay. a, return, get a game, and go out. And you can only have one game at a time. And then the other cool thing is they have a Twitter thing set up where you can subscribe to a game. And I did this for Cyclades actually because Chris was saying that. It was always checked out, and I had a theory that it wasn't in the library. So I, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, so I subscribed to it just to see, and it will tweet you, hey, this game was just returned. So I just set up my notifications to do that if a game was returned, and you know you can go try to get it before someone else does. So the game library is awesome, and there was multiple times where we were like sitting at dinner, and we'd be talking about like, oh, have you ever played such and such game? We'd be talking about it, and then it, it like occurs to you as you're talking about it, that we could just go check it out right. and play it, right? Because pretty much every game was there. Yeah, that was that. That was part of the great experience. Yeah, of the library is that if you're in the mood, you're just all of a sudden you're hit with the, the desire to play a certain game. You can just go get it. Yeah, just at a whim. And so it, it like takes what we like to do at Gen Con and makes that part of it even better. Because at Gen Con we're limited to the games that I brought. Right. If it occurs to you, oh man, I wish we had such and such game, you know, Captain Sonar. Like, oh, let's just go check it out. Yep. So, really cool. Good call. What's yours? My best experience of the convention was Mars Open Tabletop uh, Golf. And there's a couple reasons for this. One is that this was the turning point in the convention where I went from losing every <laughs> game right. to winning every game. Yeah, so there's like this weird metamorphosis that happened to me on, I guess, was this Friday night? Where we played this game, and I was just like, I, I, so Dennis Hoyle is the designer, you know, listener Dennis Hoyle, yes. Bell Other Games. He had three copies of this that they had printed because it's, it's on Kickstarter. I think the Kickstarter just ended as of hearing this. He brought it over and we were playing. I was beating him. I mean, he's like the professional. Yeah, that was, it was very strange because <laughs> he made the game. <laughs> right. And Ryan, he was beating us. Or just me. I don't think Jason was there. No, Jason was so there. So you were, you were doing, you were like dominating this game. And then when Dennis came, 
You were even beating him at the game. Right. That was crazy. I mean, if you watch the Kickstarter videos, Dennis is doing all these trick shots and stuff where the thing will like curve. If you don't know what this is, it's like it's like mini golf kind of, but you're flicking. So you set up this course on a table, like a, it has to be a big table. And there's little obstacles you set up and then there's the box is the hole. So the box itself is like kind of 3D. There's like a little smaller hole like cut out in there. Anyways, you set up, it gives you a picture of how to set up the course and then you just have to flick around it. But the, the thing you're flicking flies through the air like a paper football. It's not like you're flicking a disc on a table. It's a lot like the paper football. Yeah. But they're shaped specifically in a way that you could do curves and stunts with them. Yeah. With like Dennis, Dennis designed this weird, he should like patent, patent. The, that design. Yeah. Because, you know, you can, if you flick it a certain way, it will curve. And he was showing us how you could like hold it. If you held it and flicked it a certain way, it would like do like the frisbee thing, where like if you threw it up, yeah, it would like boomerang down. I mean, it was how big? How big is this object that you're flicking? It's about the size of a paper football. Yeah, it's thin. Okay, it soars through the air. Chris doesn't know how to keep it on the table. No, I kept knocking it off the table, and you always <laughs> take an extra stroke. For yeah, that. gotta do the mulligan. And it was it was killing me. I can't explain how fun this game. It was, was. very fun. Yeah. I lost, I think, every game, and I still had fun yeah. playing it because. I don't know, for a dexterity game, you feel like you have a lot of control over what's happening, and it does have the mini-golf feel. So, you know, the scoring is just like mini-golf, your par and all that. And you can customize the course, although there's preset courses that we run. Yeah, Yeah. so it's, I mean, it's real quick. You just, you set up the hole, you play, and then there's a picture for the next hole. You set it up real quick, and you're using the whole box. Like all the box itself can be an obstacle, and then there's obstacles in there that you can use. There's even some stuff that was unlocked in the campaign that we didn't have. Hmm. Some new stuff. So, so how, how big of a table do you need? Like a six by four table or six by three. Okay. Yep. okay, so kind of a more or less standard. Yeah, it's like a standard folding room, table size like or dining room table. Like a gaming table would be perfect. Yeah, you know, right. those gaming tables like mm-hmm. I have and stuff. Like the Duchess. The Duchess. Yeah, a pool table. Sorry, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, be good on a pool table. I got a pool table. Mars Open Tabletop Golf. Uh, It's a little too late. I I regret that, that we recorded this a little too late to get it in before the Kickstarter ended, but definitely go pre-order this game or just buy it when it comes out. It's a great game. Yeah, really fun. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. Biggest surprise. Biggest surprise. So for me, so this this biggest surprise is going to surprise you. So this might be your your biggest surprise. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Seven Wonders Duel. Oh, yeah. So I've been sort of souring on Seven Wonders silently, and we haven't played it a lot, but we've the times played we've played it, time. but the times we have played it have been like, eh, because I've realized that it's a fun game, but it's got kind of a low dar to it. And the duel, so the Seven Wonders duel takes the best parts of Seven Wonders, one of which is the theme, and the other is the the drafting mechanic, but they, they distilled it for two people such that you're basically drafting off face-up cards on the table in sort of a pyramid structure. But there's a lot of logic and strategy to how their cards are laid out. Yeah. And you can see you can see everything, which you can't with regular Seven Wonders. I was shocked how much I liked this game. We played, Ryan and I played the game, and I was thinking about it, like, mm. as the, the during whatever the next couple of games are, I was like, wow, that was, I can't believe how much fun I had during that game. I was really shocked at yeah. that. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. When Chris and I got there, Jason wasn't, he wouldn't be there for a few hours, so he played some two-player games. We played this in Targi. What did you think I of Targi? I like Targi, too. That was yeah. good. But I, but I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. But Seven Wonders, my expectation wasn't high. So did, did you? were you bothered at all that some of the cards were face down in the pyramid? No, because 
you needed a little bit of mystery. It almost made it cool to reveal and see what they were, yeah. what it was going to be. And there wasn't that many of them. I think it was every other row or something. Yeah. So yeah, it was. That fun. was like the equivalent of someone handing you the cards you haven't seen. Yeah, but they built. They that hand in. you all of the cards that you get to pick from in regular seven ones. Right. And this, you can see a lot of them, and right. then you can go mystery if you want. But I think the reason I was saying that is because to me, that's the exciting part about drafting is like when you get handed the cards and you're like, "Ooh, what's there?" So flipping the card over, you're like it yeah, still gives you that true. feeling, even though it's not as many you know cards. I like that game a lot. I was. Yeah. I have to also point out. So I know we're only supposed to choose one thing, but that game Dark Stories that you brought, oh. that was also a surprise. So there's this game Ryan brought <laughs> called Dark Stories. It's a little deck of cards, and on each card is a, a mystery, so like a clue to a mystery. And he it's very vague, and he reads it to you. And this is sort of a time-killing game. Yeah, this so, was, so you do this when you're in line or when you're waiting or yeah. maybe you're at the I restaurant. I brought it for Chris. You're waiting. <laughs> 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 this is like a chew toy for me. <laughs> So Ryan would read a dark stories every time I got impatient with something and it would make my mind spin trying to figure out the mystery. So the way you figure it out is you ask Ryan yes or no questions. Okay. So you you don't have enough information with the card. So you, you're allowed to ask yes or no questions. It was like 20 questions. But, yeah. but A little bit. But it's so satisfying when you figure it out. Yeah. I can't explain why this game is good, but it's good. Yeah, because oh. the questions are about how did this person die? That's basically yeah, it. this dark story. So yeah. it's all dark. Oh, okay, okay. So like one example was Sally is laying on the beach under the moonlight, and she'll never discover the identity of the murderer. Yes, that's the whole thing, and you have to figure out what happened. That was the first one. Yeah, that was the first one we did. So are you trying to figure out who killed her or how she got killed or all of the above? You're trying to figure out what happened with the murder, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And like in this one, in the picture, she's wearing sunglasses. (laughs) So my first question was, why is she wearing sunglasses? And Ryan said, you you have to ask yes or no question. (laughs) (laughs) Is is the fact that she's wearing sunglasses relevant? Uh, And yes. Yeah. It is. But it was at night. It shows like the moon and the stars up there. Yeah. And one thing that's interesting about this is it, Every detail, it's even though it's just like one sentence, every detail of that sentence is relevant. Yeah, every oh. word in the Every sentence. word, yeah. I've never yeah. had one where there's like superfluous information in there. It's all relevant. Anyway, I had to say that was also a surprise. So, yeah. so did, did Corey Hart kill her? <laughs> I, I get that. You know, half our audience got that joke and half didn't. The millennials are like, what the heck's he talking about? Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'm lost too. Uh, are you a millennial technically? No, I'm like no. I'm you're on the you're on the cusp. I'm on the very edge you're of Gen the, X. Uh, yeah. okay, okay. Good job. <laughs> I'm proud of that. Yeah. Brian's biggest surprise. So my biggest surprise was actually Pyramid Arcade. Wow. Yeah. So Jason picked up this game at the flea market called Pyramid Arcade, and it's it's this game system built on these things called the Looney Pyramids. And it's a really nice production value, and there's all these pyramids in there. There's three different size pyramids, and they, there's all different colors of them. And I had always heard about these pyramids. You know, what you do is you can basically just play, I think there's, I don't know, 30 or 40 different games that you can play with these pyramids. They're all abstract games. Okay. And it wasn't so much that the games were great, but, but the surprise was how much fun we were having playing the games because we were, I don't remember what, what all we had did that. This was like the Saturday night, right? After the big giveaway that they did. And we were kind of like slappy. We were a little slappy. Yeah. Yeah. So we were playing these weird dex like um, not dexterity, but these weird abstract games with these pyramids. And for some reason it was just like really fun. And we were like cracking up, <laughs> you know, like we were playing this one game where 
it was kind of dumb because we figured out it was basically like tic-tac-toe. Like the only way you could win is if somebody else like made an obvious error. So like you're trying to line these pieces up in the middle. And so what we kept doing is like Chris would have a piece on and then I would move my giant piece on because my piece was bigger. And then I would just like knock his piece <laughs> off the floor, you know, and we were like making a big show, like knocking the pieces all over the place. And I don't know, it was just really funny. Yeah. So you know, Pyramid Arcade, it made me want to buy it. But, I I, but wasn't that in mostly because of the mood we were in? It is. Not but so much because the game was it, great. I don't know. It Probably. But, I mean, Jason has said that they he's found some better games in there because we played this one game called World War Five. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they skipped World War Three and Four, And that game was just pure ridiculousness. I mean, it was like a risk map. And then it was... If you, you had three different size pyramids, and if your piece was bigger than the other person's, you just went in and knocked their piece off the board, and you were trying to take over a continent. Yeah, okay. That was the whole game. Yeah. And it was just very strange. I think this isn't a bad family game. Yeah. There's there's some of those games like Twin Win. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of the other one. We played Twin Win, World War Five, Treehouse. Treehouse, that was the one I was thinking yeah, about. Yeah, and then there's someone with like a some kind of samurai. You could play those with your family, though. There's like, how many games are built into it? I think there was like 30 or 40. Yeah, so there's a lot of games in there. Yeah, and there's more online, too. Like, people have made games. But, I don't know. It was just, a as far as surprises go, I wasn't expecting to have that much fun playing this. And it was just really fun. I just want to be clear to the audience. So I'm, I'm not endorsing this game. It's not like a great game. It's a good game, decent family game, but I think what Ryan is referring to is the time we had. Right. Right. Exactly. We we were just, we were just like baked. (laughs) Yeah. We were playing this game. I think it would be fun to take the book of games and just start at the beginning with like one other person or one or two. It's like your family and just play them one at a time. I think that would, you'd totally get your money's worth out of it doing that. And there's probably at least two or three good games in there that you, you normally pay $40 for one game. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, this could be a gateway game too. Yeah. I agree. I can see this being a gateway game. Yeah. So pyramid arcade. So these are the more like Egyptian pyramids or are they more like ziggurats? They're like tall pointy pyramids. Like an Egyptian pyramid. It's, it's, it's a narrow, it's narrow and tall. What's a ziggurat? It's like a stepped pyramid. <laughs> no, it's not a ziggurat. Okay, I didn't know what that was either. It's like a, it's like a, it's like an Egyptian pyramid, but the bottom is squished and it's taller. So it's like more like an obelisk. Yeah, like an obelisk. But they're open on the bottom, so they can stack they can on top stack. of each other. All right, okay. And you have three sizes of like multiple colors. Okay. Yep. Bizarre. How much you want to bet aliens play this game? You know, because they built the pyramids. So they probably they probably play this game on their spaceships. Maybe That's Andrew like, Looney is an alien. <clears throat> Could be. Maybe one of the pyramids got whacked and just landed on Earth. That was like someone whacking it off their table <laughs> and just flew into our, our our atmosphere here and just landed right in the middle of Africa without a crack. Without a crack. Well, it's there. It's because there's good component quality. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on to most innovative mechanism. This is a tough one because you can't just give this award away. Yeah. Innovative mechanics are not easily to come by. Does pyramid whacking qualify? Yeah, but I wouldn't vote for that. <laughs> but it qualifies. <laughs> um, I would say Wallenstein. There's another version of this game that's not German, but I can't remember what it was called. Shogun. Oh, I was going to say Samurai. So we played the German version. And I should point out that Ryan ordered a hot dog from the <laughs> buffet when we played this game with no bun. Yeah. He ate his hot dog with no bun. I, you know, if you're trying to avoid carbs, I totally get it. Yeah. It's, he, like, it's empty he carbs. He doesn't need to avoid carbs. Well, it's, you know, it's, like it's a un-American. Frankenfurter, too, so he's kind of going... Oh, I didn't uh-huh. think about that. Uh-huh. Okay, so 
Anyway, this game was a lot of fun. So in this game, you know, there's a map of territories. I think probably Germany, I'm assuming. Sounds right. right. And... It's area control, and you're you're trying to produce, was it wheat? You're trying to produce different resources to feed your people. You're trying to take areas over. There's a little bit of combat, but not much. But my two favorite mechanics in the game were the fact that there's a card from the deck representing each country. And when you own that country, that's a country you control, you take the card, and you these cards are used as actions on your board. So your board is a series of actions, for example, produce wheat or produce gold or fight, go to combat. And you're taking your country cards and placing them on your mat. And some of them you don't do any actions for. But the turn order of how these these actions happen is not always the same. So that's randomly determined at the beginning of the turn. And some of them are face up and some are face down. So you kind of know the sequence of events, sort of, and you sort of You know the first five things that are going to happen, but not the last five. So, yeah. for example, let's say you were short on money, but you need money to buy troops. But the thing to buy, or the thing for money might be face down. So you don't know where the money is going to come up. So it's hard, it's hard to plan your turn because you don't know if you're going to have enough money to buy those things later. Yeah, it just sure. depends where the money is flipped. Yeah. So it's like, it's like things like that. Right, you know, there's right. a little bit of mystery. Yeah, and if I could have changed one thing about that game, it would be, and I think Jason hates this mechanic, <laughs> So he won't agree with this, but the idea of cards like Alien Frontiers cards or Cyclades cards that help you, they give you an advantage in the game. Something like that that helped you to maybe peek under some of them to to get, because there were times when the Scrooge was pretty steep. Yeah. From the fogged cards. But uh, granted, you know that going into it, that it's risky. But I love that mechanic. The other mechanic I loved was the dice tower. Cube tower. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of using dice to resolve combat, you take all your armies, he takes all his armies, you put them all in your hand. So whoever has more has an advantage. Right. You pour them into this this tower. <laughs> Who knows what it looks like inside? Probably a lot of zigzags. Okay. They kind of zig and zag, some gets stuck in there. And then whatever comes out, you count those, and whoever has the most wins. So if you have more going in, yeah. you still have the uh, the odds are you're going to win. Right, right. But here's why it's better than dice. Because even if you lose, your guys are stuck in there. Yeah, and they're going to come out in the future, and you're going to get credit for them in a, in a fight at some point. So let's say I attack you, and I have, a, I have a superior force, but you win. Yeah. And then you attack me later, because you, you don't know how this is going to go as we're laying our combat out. My guys are in there. You're in trouble now because my, some of my guys are going to probably spill out, okay. probably. Okay. And so it's it's a zero-sum game, sort of, when Weird. it comes to the luck factor. Yeah. Very interesting mechanic. I don't know what it looks like inside that thing, yeah. but, <laughs> but I really dug that. I thought it was it added a twist that was cool. And this is interesting because, so by the way, this is my choice, too, the cube tower. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about this is this is an old game, but... I still think of all the things that we did at the convention, this was the most innovative mechanic, even though this was, this is an older game. Have you played it before? Yeah, I played it last year with Jason and it, this, I don't know when this game came out. It was like in the early What was 2000s. this called again? What was Wallenstein. The title? Wallenstein. But anyways, yeah, the cube tower is great. Uh, I love that method of resolving the combat. And I remember last year, there's this, I took a huge risk in like the last battle of the game where it was kind of like in Warlight where and you play that card that lets all your stuff attack at the end. Mm-hmm. And I, I basically 
banked on someone was going to attack me in this one area and they were going to have an open area for me to attack. But even if they did that, I still didn't have a very good chance of winning. But I knew I had a bunch of crap in the tower. And I don't think anyone else knew that. So I just kind of planned my whole turn around this final battle hoping that all my stuff would pour out of the tower. Oh, the so as you're eating that hot dog, you got pretty strategic. Yeah. Well, this was last year. The hot dog oh, dumbed me down. Actually, year. I won <laughs> Wallenstein this year. Though. You did, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so in any way, and I won, I ended up, it all paid off, and I won that battle, and it like turned, I didn't win the game, but... It was a fun game. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, so, yeah, the cube tower. Best theme. Best theme. We might be the same in this one, too. I don't know. I'm going to go with Mage Knight. Oh. Oh, you you were you didn't like that game. For <laughs> Not some really. That, wow, that was okay. the biggest surprise uh, that Ryan didn't like this game. Uh, it, it seems like on paper the kind of game too long. Like. No, we played an abbreviated version of it, okay. so we didn't actually play a full game. I loved this game. I wanted to play this when it came up because some of our friends, Sarah specifically, said it's her favorite game. Yep. And I've heard about it, heard about it, and finally we had a chance to play it. It's in the library. You know, let's give really? it a shot. Uh, we had to play an abbreviated version because it is a long game. Yes. I loved the game, and I thought the theme was spectacular. You, It was very immersive. The cards, the map, the way you're peeling over hexes as they're unfogging in your, your, in your movement. Loved it. The character building was great. The abilities, you got to like kind of level up your character as you went along. I, I loved the game. So you like the game Skyrim, right? Yes. Now, if I remember right, Skyrim, I've not played Skyrim, but it's a sandbox game. Yes. So you can just kind of go do whatever you want. But is there really like an overall point? There is a a main quest, yeah. How important is the main quest? Uh, Define important. Do you have to do it to beat the game, quote unquote? Yes. So when you're playing, how much of your energy is focused on the main quest versus just running around doing stuff? Like you're 30% focused on the main quest. Okay. So I think the problem I had with this game is it felt pointless. But I also think this is the same reason you liked the game. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) I don't like pointless games. (laughs) That came out of nowhere. So I think there, there is an end game here where you're battling a city. We didn't do this because we played the abbreviated version. But there are two different ways to go. One is we do it co-op and we're battling together as one unit and it's us versus the game. The other is we're battling, indivi- not we don't battle each other, but we're sort of competing who has the most powerful character at the end. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how that's measured, but that's another way to play. And I think a third way to play is PvP, but I, I don't think yeah, anybody... So I would have liked it better. I think part of the problem was the scenario. There were two problems. One was the scenario we did. I would have rather just played the, a co-op scenario where we were working together because you're like waiting for your turn to come and you want to do something. And then the way we were playing, since we weren't working together, like the thing I would want to do, someone else would do it. And then the only thing I could do is just like explore a tile and just hope something random and cool happened. Yeah, but that, that did happen. Nothing cool happened. Nothing cool? No. Nah. And then the other thing that frustrated me You was had a bad card draw. I had a, yeah, I had a really bad draw, and then I couldn't figure out how to use my cards right because I like wasn't grasping the rules totally, and I just got frustrated. And it, it felt like the same frustration I have playing Magic sometimes. So, I don't know. There were some things that I thought were okay, but I, I, I just felt like we were just walking around attacking stuff for like no reason. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, that sounds like what you would do in a sandbox game. I didn't like that there wasn't a goal because yeah. it was a practice game, but I'm imagining the goal of competition who can build the most powerful character that's fun you not not necessarily pvp because then you know that that is like a little too confrontational you get like annoyed and everything but the the blocking the c blocking 
that you're talking about where somebody like comes in front of you and takes something. Yeah. That's kind of fun, I think, because it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a direct screwage because there's plenty of places to explore. I think the I problem you had was that. you didn't have any movement cards. Yeah. You, were, you were limited on movement cards. Jason and I both had kind of a standard amount of movement cards. You have the, the deck, you're shuffling it and redrawing from the same deck. I was mana screwed. You're mana screwed. Yeah. And I think that's the same as mana screwed. But theme wise, I mean, this, this category is best theme. I loved the theme because I felt it felt immersive to me. Mm. I thought Adventureland was a better game. Adventureland. That was more, I had more fun and more adventure more adventure adventure. More, that's the one where you move down and to the right? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I had you more fun playing that theme? than Mage Knight. Is that your best theme? Was no. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. I was going to say, wow. No, I'm just basically oh, saying you're, you're that being it, insulted. Yeah, I'm kind game. of insulting okay. Mage Knight. Understood. Oh, yes. Sorry. Sorry, Jason. This is like one of Jason's favorite games. I loved Mage Knight. He's going to give me crap about this, probably. Well, this feels like a cheat, but my best theme is, again, Mars Open Tabletop Golf. And the reason being that I felt like I was playing golf. So <laughs> That's because you were winning all the time. But didn't it feel like golf? It did. It was. It Do you did feel like you were on Mars? <laughs> kind of, you know, ball kind of hovers through the air. BGG kind in general felt like Mars. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we we talked about it a lot, and it best theme tabletop golf, golf, golf. Hey, best theme 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 to me is defined how how much do you feel like you're doing the thing it's that true. the game says you're doing. And I felt like I was playing golf, mini golf, but golf. Okay. Okay. Next question. Why was the con fun? Yeah. So this is a more of a kind of discussion. What makes this convention fun? So Chris? for me, the, the thing that made it fun was it's very good at what it does. It didn't try to overextend itself and do more than what its focus was, which was playing board games and being very good at making them accessible. Like we were talking about that library, you had easy access to these games um, the tables, there were plenty of tables. I think there was only one time we had a, it was tough to find a table, but even then we did find one. Yeah. So there's plenty of room. There was a cool thing that I liked there where they had these signs teacher wanted or yeah. player wanted, which was smart. It's a, it's a, it's a brilliant idea because there's so many people there and inevitably somebody's going to know how to teach a game that you're wanting to learn. And, and there's always people wanting to play. Yeah. So that was another thing that made the con fun for me. So I think, the fact that it was so focused on being good at one thing. Yeah, those player wanted signs, by the way, if you're there by yourself, which the first year I went, I was there by myself. That's what made the convention for me. Without that, I would have just been wandering around like begging people to join their games. But there's a sign up that says players wanted. You just look for those signs, and, you know, they stick up off the table. And you, you just need go to sit use down. your silver tongue. Yeah, you just go sit down. Mm. There was one time I sat down, and they, it was like I could tell they forgot to take the sign down. <laughs> but I, <laughs> awkward moment. <laughs> but I just stayed there because it was they're playing Caverna. It's like, oh, do you mind if I guys if I join you guys? And they're like, uh, they kind of looked over and like noticed the sign was still up, and they're like, uh, yeah, that's okay. And I was like, okay, and I put my backpack down. <laughs> so even there. thinking that you stayed, yeah. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Yeah. So you made their Caverna game a thousand times longer. I made it from four players to five. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. You're going to pay for that in the afterlife. <laughs> well, I think I got my payback when we played at Gen <laughs> um, So I had some of the same things. The library, I think the relaxed atmosphere, it just feels less stressful than Gen Con. Like, I mean, it was still tiring, I guess, but Gen Con, I'm like exhausted at the end of Gen Con. I wasn't as tired at the end of this. I was just kind of like tired of people, <laughs> but not like... Not like physically exhausted. Why was the exhaustion different there? I don't understand that. 
Because of what you're right. It yeah. wasn't as exhausting as Gen Con. And we stayed out comparable hours, but I had no problem falling asleep. Right. It wasn't like Gen, Gen Con where you're wired. Yeah. And I think that might be a bonus for Gen Con in a way. Yeah. Because you're so into whatever that last game was. Where it's usually witch hunt. Like I think that was why we're always wired. That's yeah. true. That's true. I think maybe the crushing crowds or whatever. And you're you're actually walking a lot more at Gen Con. That's true. Yeah. So maybe that was part of it. So you kind of trap there as far as food yes. options? Oh yeah. Yeah, and that's you know, that's gonna be in the next category. Yeah, I've oh, got that. okay. Yeah, we've got that's coming up. <laughs> what could I'm be improved? Aha. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but real quick, the convenience, I mean, where you you come down an elevator and you're in the convention. You're at the main area of the convention. Okay. I mean, there's like, it's just so convenient. Everything is right there. I only got lost a couple times, and, and that that wasn't even <laughs> wow. very long. You got lost, yeah, but but it was easy. You know, it was just a matter of I just had to turn around and go the other way. It oh wasn't a big gosh. deal. And one thing that's underrated, I think, is the dexterity games. So they have the main hall where all the gaming is, and then outside of that, like kind of in the foyer, is the all these like big dexterity games you can play. And it we didn't take advantage of that until the last day, but. Almost every like every other time I've been there, we've done that like once a day. Yeah, and you know, I have to say we didn't really talk much about this, but there was a dexterity game called Storm the Gate that I dominated, and oh. we just kind of stopped playing that, and we're like, oh, let's, 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 we which one was that? That was the game where you're with the rubber band and you're you're. Oh yeah, Chris was good at that one. Yeah. I loved that game. The dexterity games were a lot of fun, and then that Sirolgen one, stolen. Ryan won that one where you're taking these discs, these wooden discs, and sorry, anyway, yeah, it's like shuffleboard. hard to explain, yeah. like shuffleboard, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, the dexterity games were fun. Yeah. So those are, you know, those are my things. That's to me, those are things that make it kind of very fun convention. Mm-hmm. Now, what could be improved? Okay. The smell. <laughs> Chris seems like he has a lot. Of yeah. It's like, uh, I think it could use more fresh air there. I don't know what sort of system they have for air <laughs> pumping. You know, we've talked about some of the problems with the Gen Con environment. Yeah. <laughs> this had the same problem. Maybe more fresh air. You know, honestly. Something non-gaming related to break up the games. Like like at Gen Con, we have an option of a lot of restaurants to go out to. Yeah. If if there were more food choices or something like um I don't know, like a rock band coming in for a couple hours to or the gaming hall. Even like food trucks or something. Something to to something to jazz it up, just to break up the, the continual game. Yeah, because you're basically staying I mean, this hotel is within walking distance of the airport. Oh wow. So that's it's not like it's in and, and I had this in mind too, like the location. I mean you're confined to whatever's at the hotel unless you want to take the shuttle that I don't even know where the shuttle goes, but I've heard stories of people waiting a really long time for that thing to pick them back up. Oh. So either you're going to take Uber or something or a shuttle, or you're just stuck at this hotel. It's not like you're in a downtown Indianapolis or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, at Gen Con, you can walk around. Like, when I get weirded out by the vendor hall, I'll go to the art area because nobody's there. Right. And so there's a lot of open space, and it's very non-gaming feeling there. You know, you look at some art. uh, Maybe you, you can look at... Meet some of the the writers too of some of the books. They did nothing like that at BGGCon, where you can just kind of step away from the masses and just breathe and decompress a little bit. And that would be one thing. And the other thing I need to bring up is these stupid freaking wristbands. <laughs> so at Gen Con, you wear a badge, right? And the yeah. badge has your name, and they use that to determine whether or not you belong there. They do the same thing at BGGCon. You have a badge, sign on a little chain. You wear that, and they check that. But in addition to that, they staple this wristband onto your wrist. 
<laughs> like you're at Woodstock or something. Yeah, and 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 they they or you know if you're it's for like the drinking to make sure right. that you're, you've been carded already. And Ryan didn't tell me about this, but <laughs> I found out that night I I ripped the wristband off, and he was like, "What what are you doing?" <laughs> And I said, I'm taking my wristband off. And he said, you can't take that off. You're supposed to leave that on. I'm like, <laughs> I, I laughed. Like, I thought he was joking. He's looking at me like, he's serious. I'm like, what? So he, he showed me this PDF of rules where you're supposed to leave this. There are people sleeping with this wristband on. There is no way I would sleep with this wristband on. <laughs> I had no problems. And there were, <laughs> there were all these rules for if you're going to take the wristband off, take a picture of your wrist with it on. And then bring the picture, and then it's only a $2 fee to get a new one. $5. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm not going to pay this fee. I'm not going to wear this wristband. I have my badge that I paid for. Why do I need dual citizenship? So what's the purpose of the wristband? I don't know, because I took it off that night against the rules, and air quotes, and nobody stopped me. Well, you put it on your badge, right? Yeah, I, 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 put I, did, it I, I put it near my badge that was on my around my neck. You should have but seen Chris taking this nobody thing off. Asked by me. the way, it was. <laughs> I, I, people are sleeping with these and not questioning the ridiculousness of it. I don't, I don't get it if it doesn't serve any other purpose. Well, maybe to them it does, but I don't understand. Okay, my bigger problem isn't with the rule; is with the fact that nobody seems to care about this rule. Yeah, I never even thought that it would have never crossed my mind to mention this to you as a thing you should be aware of. <laughs> Cuz I've been to other th- like I've been to multi-day events before where you wear a wristband and a badge. Not and a badge. Okay. I agree with that. But where you wear it and you have to shower with it, you have to sleep with it, like uh, that's your No. No. Yeah. In fact, I would prefer to just have the wristband and not have the badge. I would actually Why? Rather. Why is that? Because the badge is annoying. It's like... The wristband's not. No. Okay. I don't think it is. Why can't they have I'm it not a snap fan of the on and snap off? Are they afraid you're going to give it to somebody yeah. else? Yes. That's the whole thing is they don't want you to transfer it to someone. I think that's the reason. Yeah, but it's dumb. still the same amount of people we getting in. Yeah, no, it's, it's dumb. And they have people checking you all the time. Like when you come down the stairs, they're checking if you have your badge, so... It's yeah. not like someone's going to sneak in with a without a badge or something. Right. I don't know. Right. That makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what are you really getting if you sneak in? You're going to play it. You're going to rent a game. You can't. Yeah. You can't even do that. No. But if you sneak in, let's say you borrowed somebody's badge. Right. And you didn't have your wristband. Your violation is that you're going to rent a game yeah. and then you know return the game and then like sneak out. Yeah. Is that really horrible? Yeah, I agree. You've convinced me that it's strange. I never even thought about okay. it. The only other thing I would add that could be improved is the registration. Like, we didn't really... It's just annoying to me that you have to print out this email that they send you, like, months before the convention and bring it with you to get your badge. There's no, like, electronic system for this. You have to physically hand them a printout of the email that they sent you. You would think after, like, multiple years, they would figure out a way to bypass this. But no. Every year, like, remember, it's, like, this big to-do. They have to, like, remind you that how important it is to print this piece of paper out. That doesn't really bother me, though. What? It's, it's, <laughs> it's like this archaic system of, of yeah, checking no. in. But, but I, I don't know. For some reason, that's a little inconvenient, but it's, it doesn't really bother me that much. So it's Chris, not nearly as bad as the wristband. So, I, so this is what Chris had to do, though. So I let him know multiple like months ahead of time how important this email was. Like, don't lose this email. So I think you printed it out and like kept it in your pocket. For I like kept three it in months? my backpack. For yeah. how long? For like it three was, months? It was a few months. Yeah. Yeah. It was in wow. my backpack and it got crumpled up in there. Yeah, so that's not annoying. Like you had to, yeah. you had to, the mental energy. Well, you scared through. me to death. Yeah. How important this thing was. <laughs> but I think if I had it on my phone, that would have been good enough. For Maybe. 
Yeah. yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I don't know. I just wish they would change that. All right, so now it's time for the big question. This is where we're either going to sell BGGCon or we're going to lose the sale. The comparison between BGGCon and Gen Con. So there's advantages to both. So Gen Con is, I think, more for the casual gamer. I don't know if you would agree with that. I mean, the Gen crowd Con? is a lot more diverse. Yeah, there. yeah, I agree. It doesn't, you don't have to be hyper, a hyper gamer there. There are people, you know, they bring their spouses there. It's, it's a little more laid back. Granted, you know, there's a lot of cosplay and, and uh, there's a variety of things at Gen Con. RPGs, the card games. It's not just board games. But at BGG Con, there were times when I felt a little out of place there because the gaming crowd was so serious. It was almost like a, like a Ryan cult. Like like we would we'd be at a restaurant and Ryan and Dennis or I don't know if Jason was there I can't remember who was all there we we're talking about oh you know that that's so and so over there and like some name I've never heard of and you know it's like some dude with a like a beard and he's sitting there you know in his jeans and he's he's, he's having a beer with his dinner and his friend it, normal looking dude and they're talking about him like he's a celebrity. <laughs> and and I have no idea who this guy is, and I'm looking around, and and everybody's mesmerized. But and this would happen constantly with news or I don't know information about games coming out, or did you hear about this or that? And I'm just like kind of like taking a step back and checking my phone. <laughs> I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. So I would say BGG Con. There's like a serious element to it. Yeah, where if if you're really into the the world of board gaming, the out of game version. You know, uh, information, latest and greatest, what new games are coming out, who the great designers are, what games are hot, what's anticipated. This is for you, for sure. I enjoyed it. I had a, I had a really good time. But I didn't feel like I fit in. Okay. Is that fair? So if we, if we took the same group of people, which convention do you think would be more fun? If we took our whole Gen well, Con crew. I, I think that we make Gen Con like BGG Con. So BGG Con is built for our group for the way we play. Mm-hmm. Because you've got a, a cross-section of us that uh, like to play new games. They want to play test. They want to be taught. So they do that. BGG Con, there's the library, which we would love. And we a lot of times we don't leave the resort. We'll play games just at the resort at Gen Con, which is BGG Con. You're basically in your resort. You're going to the gaming hall. You're gathering with your friends and you're playing games. So I think we do BGG Con there. So I think it's fair to say that if we brought our group to BGG Con, it would be more fun there. Now, granted, you have the travel problem. It's all the way in Dallas. It's right. a, kind of a haul for us here. So there's that. Some of us won't like the fact you can't go out to eat somewhere, too. And I think I might be in that crowd. I like the break. Go to a restaurant and be around people and get some food, kind of decompress, and then go back and start gaming again. That isn't at BGG Con. There's only so many times I can go to that restaurant. Right. Now, that restaurant is very good. I, I had no problems with their food. It was fine. But it would be nice to have more options. So, Did you eat the chicken nuggets this year? I can't remember if I ended up getting... Yes, I did. Yeah. I had the chicken nuggets that from made the Brian sick. Oh, from yeah. the place. I did. Yeah. I did. Ooh. And the reason is because I went several meals without having chicken. I was eating burgers. And then I was eating from that, um, that coffee shop, like just the right. fast food there. And they had hot chicken strips. They weren't nuggets. They were strips. Yeah. And they looked really good. They smelled good. And they weren't that expensive. And so I, you know what? I'm going to do it. And they were fine. Now, you gave me a warning of what yours, the consistency was of the ones that made you sick. Right. So I would have known. Yeah. If they were, they were not the same thing. I think what were. I had was like 
those sat out for seven hours and they're probably about and to then throw they them away. Fried them. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one I got them. I think seven days, maybe. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. So what do you think? The comparison I have is, like you said, this one is more focused on just board games. I mean, there's nothing else there. There's no, I don't even think there's any role playing there. It was just straight up board games. One thing that Tim will like is everything is free. You That's pay true. your badge yeah. and you get in and everything you do there. Yeah, we didn't have to pay has for no cost. any huh? games right. you know, to play anything. Was parking like $100? Oh, you didn't have a car, so yeah. you didn't have to worry about that. Yeah, you just walk there from the airport yeah, or take so the shuttle. Worry about it. It's less sprawling because it's all just confined to one hotel. Less crowds and I would say less focus on new releases. Now, Chris mentioned you're playing a lot of the hot new games, but it's not like you're there to buy them at Gen Con they're releasing games and people are running to the tables you know I don't I don't get it I I, I honestly I we were so let me tell a quick story we were playing a game Saturday night maybe it was a Cyclades game okay and we had gotten the table that's in the hall where they're going to have the giveaways right oh yeah and so it was prime real estate there because they're going to be doing like raffles or giving away free stuff. I just wanted to play the game. I really didn't care that much about the giveaways. Now the giveaway, it's always cool to win something, but everybody was riveted by the games they were giving away. Everybody was, I'm like facing the other direction (laughs) as I'm looking at the game and everybody's facing the opposite way where the speaker, you know, they had like some VIPs up there. Uh, But again, that's an example of, I don't understand I mean, you could you could have your ticket stub in your hand and be playing a game. And right. If they call your number, you can go get the game. There were a couple prizes that weren't games. Like they were they were giving away like a free um, board game cruise. Uh, they gave away a, a trip to the Rocky Mountain gaming vacation, which is like this. So there's there's some other things in there, and the, and all the prizes were bundles of like four or five games. Yeah, yeah. Chris was totally checked out when that uh, was happening. I, I couldn't. I didn't care about uh, that. You could but, probably tell him the next day. Yeah, no, we didn't win. Yeah, even but then, if you won. <laughs> But then uh, they would name some, they would say something on stage, like make some announcement of some person did something and everybody would be like, whoa, and I had no idea what they were talking about. Nah. I don't know. A little out of place there, but the game was fun though. And BGGCon is really mainlining gaming. You're just mainlining it. You're just immersed in game after game after game. So for people in the hobby, it's definitely worth it. So would you go back? I think I would go back. I don't. You know, again, it's not local like Gen Con is. Yeah. So there's that to consider. I would like to bring more of our group back. I, again, I, I feel a little squirrely about the fact that it's like a universe that I don't get still. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's strange. I, I, it's just like just funny because you're like a media personality in board I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I had a press badge and everything, and I'm looking around like, what's going on? But, um, you know, I do like playing games. Yeah. I just... I like playing games because of the game of the game and of trying to win the game and the mechanics of the game and enjoying the, making a story happen. Like in Clash of Cultures, that's an epic uh, game that we'll always remember. I don't like playing games because it's something anticipated and I just want to play it once and then never play it again. And I, I get the impression that a lot of people enjoy that. Like they they really enjoy just checking out the new and interesting and then they're just not going to play the game game again and that's that's not the way that i enjoy games so tim i was going to ask you after hearing all this are you interested in going well i mean it sounds interesting i mean it's kind of what we've been doing at gen con the last couple years i mean we've been mostly board gaming so yeah it's it definitely sounds interesting but like chris said this the uh 
the geography of everything, getting down to Texas and getting a quorum of people and that kind of stuff. I heard that they might move it to downtown Dallas in a few years. I think that will make it, that might push it over the top for me to Gen over Gen Con. I'm is still, that, I'm because you're, you're downtown Dallas. Yeah. yeah I mean, then you have restaurants. You just options. have more That's stuff. A, a yeah, you could yeah. get out, you know, cause we, I mean, we did not go outside. We were inside the hotel from Wednesday through Sunday without seeing daylight. Well, typically, it's not a bad time of year, but you're down in Texas. So yeah, it was nice, nice out. It was like pretty in, nice. in the 60s. It was nice out. Yeah. yeah. That's like shorts weather. Yeah. So anyway, now that wraps up episode 38. So wait. So two thumbs up? Yeah. So yeah. I'm hearing? Two thumbs, thumbs up. up. Two, thumbs, two up. thumbs up. Come visit our website, our static website at outofgamepodcast.com. I think he was jamming you there. No. No, that's all me. Uh, come join our guild. Our guild. Guild is just a fancy term for forum on BoardGameGeek.com. That's BGG Guild 1990. While you're on our page, find the link to join our Slack group. Slack is apparently going to be around, even though only two people join our Slack contest. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Stitcher at... OOG Podcast. You can send us an email at... OutOfGamePodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail on the profit line at 40 OOG OOG 80. For great games and amazing prices, shop at CoolStuffInc.com. And for more great podcasts of the Dice Tower Network, go to DiceTowerNetwork.com. Good night. Good night. Good night. It was there for that expert. <laughs> Found it. <laughs> do, do you think Slack will be around for a while? It's gaining traction. Is it? Okay. Yeah. We're being forced to use it at my work. This is getting boring. But yes, I do think it's going to be around. <laughs> do you know how many times I want to say that and I don't? I'm just in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no ways to get GURPS 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 Gerps, 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 gerps